Hey, thanks so much for being here. This is My City Church, and this is our podcast. We hope you are inspired to love God, love people, and lead in life. Enjoy the message. Thank you, Pastor Danny. Um, Like you said, my name is Caleb. Uh, I don't have a ton of time, so I want to do get right in. Um, Give you a quick warning about my approach. Uh, 2 Timothy uh, (laughs) 2.15 says to uh, correctly handle the word of truth. James 3 says that uh, he gives a pretty big warning to those who don't. And uh, Paul in 1 Corinthians 2 says he doesn't eloquently or try to add any words to the gospel lest uh, he devoid the cross of its power. So if you're looking for an anecdotal story or a cool joke to get your attention, I'm not your guy. Hopefully the... <laughs> that wasn't meant to be funny, by the way. Um, so hopefully the word of God is uh, interesting enough for you. So uh, we're talking about community today. Um, even that, though, you may think, well, you know, that's about other people. Uh, I think even community starts with a correct understanding of God and who he is. Um, so uh, e- even a topic like this, we're going to first, uh, I'm going to hope to build a foundation to first uh, set that up and let the other uh, speakers take it from there. So hopefully in just a couple of minutes, I can demonstrate that to you. Um, if I was to give you a title uh, of this message, it would be the triune and communal God. Uh, so uh, my first question, I guess, is do you read scripture first to learn something new, uh, how to apply it to your life, or to see God revealed? Um, for whatever reason, God in his infinite wisdom has chosen to reveal himself to us uh, through the Old Testament prophets, their writings, and the Hebrew scriptures, and uh, the, uh, the apostles in the Greek New Testament. Um, and so uh, we're going to uh, briefly look at uh, uh, what his word says about him. Um, uh, and so what I want to first say is that uh, scripture nowhere explicitly uses the word Trinity anywhere. Um, I know that's, it's going to be a little ambitious to talk about the Trinity in a couple of minutes. Hopefully I can. Um, but it, it nowhere uses that word. It's a made up word that the church came up with. But I think it's a, I think it's a good word. Um, and the reason why they did is because there is strong intertextual, meaning within scripture, corroborating evidence for the existence uh, or the idea of the Trinity. Um, I could use a litany of passages. I'm going to start, or I guess I'm just going to use one passage or uh, one chapter, I guess. Uh, Isaiah 9, 6, and Isaiah uh, 10, 21. So uh, if you have your Bibles, you can turn there. Isaiah 9, 6 says, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulders, and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Uh, you turn the next chapter over, Isaiah 10, 21. It says, the, mighty, or the remnant will return, the remnant of Jacob, to the mighty God. You might be thinking to yourself, well, what's the point here? Well, if you're paying attention, uh, the word mighty God there is used in both passages. Uh, in the Hebrew, that word is El Gabor, which obviously is tra- translated to mighty God or uh, the, the Father of Heavenly Lights. Um, and... Uh, if, if, you, if you know Isaiah 9, 6 well, you know that this is a prophecy about the coming Messiah who is to be born, which was Jesus, right? And so if Jesus is known as El Gabor, and in Isaiah 10, 21, it's the same author to the same audience, uh, if he's referring to Yahweh, which is the covenantal God of, the, of Israel, if, you're, if he's referred to as El Gabor, what are we to do with that? Well, I think we can reasonably assume that Jesus and Yahweh are uh, one being, uh, they're the same God. Um, and so um, you might be thinking to yourself, like, why on earth do I even go through all the pain to even set that up? Well, the reason is this. If we don't have a proper understanding of who God is, 
uh, we go crazy pretty quickly. Um, two examples uh, to prove this. Um, there was an ancient heresy known as Arianism, which has been rebranded uh, into Jehovah's Witnesses and Mormonism. If you know anything about those two, uh, they don't believe that Jesus is God. Uh, one believes that he was the first created being. One believes that he was the first offspring of God. And then you get some pretty crazy things from there. Um, the Athanasian Creed in the 6th century uh, militantly uh, refuted uh, Arianism and kind of codified uh, the Trinity and church understanding. If you have your phones, which I'm sure everybody do, does, I would, I would Google uh, just the Trinity and look at what uh, images pop up. I would have a slide, but uh, we don't have any slides today. So um, you, if you do Google it, uh, you'll find uh, kind of this upside down triangle, which gives a pretty good uh, picture um, uh, of what I'm trying to say, and that is that the Father is not the Son, the Son is not the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is not the Father. However, the Father is God, the Son is God, and the Holy Spirit is God. So what does that mean? It means that God has eternally existed in one being, yet three persons from all of eternity, okay? Um, and, if, and, and you've probably heard it said before that God is love, right? Not God is loving, but God is love, um, how could God be loving if there's nobody else to love, right? If, I, if, I, if, I'm just self, if I self-exist and there's nobody else around me, there's not even the possibility of love. Um, so uh, to even say that God is loving must mean that he's communal, right? Um, and so God is a communal God at his core. Um, one other illustration that I want to use kind of on the love topic uh, to, to submit my point is um, my sister... Uh, was playing volleyball a couple of years ago. She had a teammate from Turkey um, who obviously grew up in the Arabian world, very Islamic culture. Uh, she was unable to go home for the holidays because of the pandemic, and so she stayed with my parents. Um, my dad had a chance to kind of, you know, ask her about her Muslim upbringing, and um, at one point he made the claim that Jesus was a loving God. She kind of looked at him sideways and, and, and you know, kind of started asking questions, and so my dad obviously kind of forced the issue, and at one point, he asked her, well, is Allah a loving God? She said, oh, no, Allah is not a loving God at all. And so I bring that up uh, to, to, to prove the point that even Muslims understand that their understanding of God uh, leads to everything else they believe. And so, um, yeah, Allah, you know, Islam is a monotheistic religion, and I'm not saying that we are pantheists by any means, meaning that we believe in multiple gods. The point is that God exists in one being, three persons. It's hard to understand. It's a bit of a mystery. There's no doubt about it. Um, but I say all that to say this. We are made in the image of God. That doesn't just mean that God has two eyes and, you know, ten fingers and whatnot. Um, that means that we have his image imprinted on us. We are, it's the, the, the word or the kind of phrase is imago Dei. Um, we are made in the image of God. And if we are made in the image of God, who is a communal being at his core, then we also are communal beings. Um, and so both on this life uh, and in the life to come, I can guarantee you that we will be living uh, in, in fellowship, uh, not just with one another, but obviously with God. And so um, if I had all 32 minutes, obviously I'd go uh, on from here. Uh, so hopefully I laid a bit of a bit of foundation for uh, the rest of our speakers. And so um, the next person I will introduce is our amazing uh, director of, I think, guest services, Jimmy Johnson. There he is.
City Church. All right, how you guys doing out there? All right, let's get into God's word. Well, first I want to give honor to God, and then I want to give honor to our pastors for giving us this incredible platform to share what I believe God has placed on our heart. And the title of my message this morning is Saved to Serve. Saved to Serve. And by the end of this, hopefully I uh, maybe tie this into community, which is our theme for this morning. So let's pray. Father God, we thank you so much for this incredible opportunity to share your word. God, I pray that this word is not a word from me, God. It's a word from heaven. Holy Spirit, use me this morning and let your people be able to receive it. God, I pray that this word will challenge them. It would allow them to step out in faith, to serve, to be a part of community. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Well, my city church, I have a question for you this morning. Why do you serve? Why do you serve? Do you serve to be seen? Do you serve to be acknowledged? Or do you serve because you're looking for that significant other? I've been there. I actually met my wife who was on the third row, excuse me, at a church. You see, not all of these things are bad, but that is not the reason why God called us to serve. You see, 1 Peter 4, 10, and 11 says, God has given each of us a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. He says, use them well to serve one another. Do you have the gift of speaking, which I'm doing this morning? Speak as though God himself were speaking through you. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Do you have the gift of helping others? Do it with all the strength and energy that God supplies. Then everything you do will bring glory Glory to God through Jesus Christ. All glory and power to him forever and ever. Amen. So the first point I want to make this morning is we don't serve, we don't serve to get the glory. We serve to give God the glory. So it's not just about the fact that we're serving. It's like, what is our heart? What is our intentions behind when we're serving? And today we're talking about community. So what I'm serving and what I'm doing here at My City Church, it's really, it's not about me. When I come here on a Sunday, it's about making sure we facilitate an opportunity for people to experience a relationship with God. And see, the last thing that I want us to really hold on to this morning is like, what motivates us to serve? What is our spirit like when we're serving? Because you can serve and do everything to glorify God, but if your spirit isn't right, how could you actually serve God in the way that he wants you to serve? The second point that I have for you this morning is, we don't serve because it's convenient. We serve because we were commissioned. We don't serve because it's convenient. Because in actuality, it's not convenient. You see, the last time I checked, God went to the cross. Not God, Jesus went to the cross and It was a sacrifice. He didn't necessarily want to get beat and battered, but he knew it was for all of us here today. So when we serve, we have to go with the mindset that it's not about me, and we literally have to say, Jesus, I give myself to you. I literally give myself away. And there's no better team here at My City Church that does this than the creative and load-in, load-out team. This team comes every Sunday, 4.35 a.m. in the morning, sets up, tears down, and they literally make church happen. The seats that you're sitting in today, this atmosphere, the LED wall, this is all happening because of this team. And every Sunday or Saturday night before they go to bed, they have to think to themselves, okay, 
I have to die to myself. I literally have to say, I'm not doing this for me. There's no reward in this for me. This is to change eternity. They understand that what they do is so much bigger than how they feel. They are creating an atmosphere for us to worship, hear a word, and for lives to be transformed. Now, to put this into perspective, in the life of My City Church, in the last month, there were 47 people, 47 people who said yes to Jesus. Raise their hand for salvation. This is huge because I've been a part of many churches, and there are some churches who don't see 47 salvations in a year. But we saw 47 salvations in a month. And so that's why they do what they do, and they're a part of a greater community. You see, every weekday and every Sunday, we are facilitating opportunities for people to have a relationship and to be a part of community here at My City Church, whether that's a Sunday service, which I'm grateful that you're here today to hear me speak. Then there are small groups. We've heard a couple of people speak about that today, small groups throughout the week. And then there's weekly men and women's prayer, which I love the guys that I pray with every Sunday, 6.30 a.m., be there, HQ. And so Thursday... Thank you. Thursday, every Thursday at 6.30 a.m. And so my third point this morning is we don't serve to get something from God. We serve so God can do something through us. 1 Corinthians 12.12 says, The human body has many parts, but many parts make up one whole body. So it's with the body of Christ. So every single person that's sitting in a seat today, you all have a responsibility to contribute to the body of Christ. You're not just here to be a consumer. You're here to be a contributor. Because if you don't do what you have to do for the body of Christ, there's someone, someone in your family, someone in your community, someone in your neighborhood who won't experience a relationship with God. One thing that I love here at My City Church that we do is that every Sunday, we fill out these blue connect cards. And on here... There's a section where you can fill out prayer and praise reports. And what I love about this so much is that we have a group of directors that actually praise over these prayer requests and praise reports. And this is just another part of community of building faith and building God's house. And so I want to encourage you, as you continue to come to My City Church, fill out this Connect card. Because I tell you what, we are praying over these things in men and women's prayer. Directors are really petitioning on your behalf. And you're a part of a community, whether you decide to be a part of a group or a part of a, or serving on a team on a Sunday. So to, recra- excuse me, to recap my major points this morning, number one, we don't serve to get the glory. We serve to give God the glory. Number two, we don't serve because it's convenient. We serve because we're commissioned. Number three, we don't serve to get something from God. We serve so he can do something through us. Let's pray. Jesus, I thank you so much for this uh, wonderful word that you've given me, God. I pray that it convicts some people today who say, I'm not going to just sit and receive a word, but I'm going to build God's house. God, we're going to be a part of a small group. I'm going to be on a team, and I'm going to serve and build a community and encourage others. We thank you for your words. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. My city, stand to your feet and help me welcome Pastor Hannah Lee to the stage. I'm blushing. Thank you. You guys are the best. 
Um, so I'm really excited to share with you what God has put on my heart. We're going to get right to it. So we're reading from Matthew 6, verse 19 through 21. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moths and vermin destroy, where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where moths and vermin do not destroy, where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So the title of my message today is Let's Get Rich. And I promise it's not about money, it's about relationships. So the Holy Spirit really wouldn't let me move off of this idea of richness, of having a rich life, of having um, a life that has sustenance to it. And so um, when we're going to start right away. So um, I want to read a few definitions of the word rich. The first one is having high value or quality. The second, highly seasoned, fatty, oily, or sweet. And the third, meaningful, significant. And so God, he wants us to have rich relationships. And how do we do this? This takes an investment on our part. So there's things that we need to invest into. And I'm not talking about investing in money or the stock market. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about investing in treasures of heaven. What are treasures of heaven? Well, let me tell you. They are sharing the gospel forgiving one another, loving one another, just as Christ has loved us. It's walking out the Great Commission, making disciples. Those things are treasures of heaven. And, and what I've really found is that um, what we value is reflected in the way that we live. So I want to ask, ask you, do we value the treasures of heaven? And being in communities, it's God's design. So this was kind of um, mind-blowing even for me, but in, in the beginning of time, in the Bible, uh, Genesis 2, the first problem that humanity faced, it wasn't sin. It was isolation. So God saw that Adam was alone, and it wasn't good. And so he's like, he made Eve, and Eve was created to help make Adam's life richer. And so, um, yeah, God created somebody to walk with Adam. But I want to share with you guys some indicators of rich relationships and the kinds of relationships that are worth pursuing. So, number one, rich relationships are high quality. So, high quality relationships can be identified by the fruit that they produce. And this is found in Galatians 5, 22 through 23. It says, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. If y'all grew up in church, you know this song. Um, of the fruits of the Spirit. It's love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. So high-quality friendships cannot be accomplished without the Holy Spirit. We're imperfect people, and we need the Holy Spirit so we can have good fruit. Uh, high-quality friends, they have God-breathed values. So their standard, it's not set by man. It's set by God. High-quality friendships, they challenge and encourage one another. So they challenge each other when you start to veer off in the wrong direction, um, but they also encourage you as you journey along. They journey with you as you pursue God's best for your life. So they're not afraid to call you out, but they're not going to call you out and then leave you alone. Um, so the first point, rich relationships are high-quality. 
Number two, rich relationships are seasoned. And by this, I mean they're not bland. Can you have fun with your friends? Can you truly have fun with them? Do they add flavor to your life? Do they, um, do they make things more fun or do they just suck the life out of you? Those aren't the kind of friends that you want. If you feel drained after being with people, not life-giving friends, not a rich relationship. So life's too short to take ourselves too seriously. It really is. Have some fun. Go on vacation together. Do something spontaneous. So seasoned friendships, they make the everyday, the mundane, the sitting on your couch, the going to the grocery store, the chores that you don't want to do, they make those things better. They make them worth doing, more enjoyable. So number two, rich relationships are seasoned. And last point, rich relationships are meaningful. Galatians 6.2 says to carry each other's burdens. And in this way, you will fulfill the law of Christ. So meaningful relationships, they help carry the burden of life. They help carry the weight that you face. Um, they, they're deep. They're not surface level. Uh, inside of meaningful relationships, they know the ins and outs of you and still choose to love you. Thank goodness. Um, meaningful relationships, they consist of two people who um, choose to forgive each other, who choose to move past offense. So for us to do this, we must be slow to speak, quick to listen, slow to anger, quick to forgive, right? Um, meaningful relationships, these kinds of relationships help bring down the walls, help bring down the barriers. These are the kinds of relationships where you can be fully seen and fully known and still fully loved. So, last one, rich relationships are meaningful. So, I want to encourage you all today, let's start investing, investing in relationships, investing in the treasures of heaven. So, it's going to take effort just to make that plain and open to you. It's going to take effort. It's not going to be easy always, but it will be rewarding. You're going to have a rich life. Um, so, first, we must do an inventory of our own heart, right? Let's look at our own heart. So, where can we invest? Where can we be a better friend? How can we grow in this? And secondly, do an inventory of our friend group. Do we have rich friends? Or do we have friends who are leading us down the wrong path? So we must invest our time, our resources, our energy. Um, but we also must put other people before ourselves, just like Jesus did. So last point I want to leave you with. Having earthly treasures brings temporary fulfillment. Is that the kind of fulfillment that we want? But I want to let you know, investing in eternal treasures, investing in heavenly treasures, it brings rewards in heaven. So, church, let's start today. Let's get rich. So, help me welcome up to the stage our next speaker. He's actually my brother. So, give him a big round of applause for Dylan Lee. Thank you, thank you. Um, so for those of you guys who know me know that my brain is a roller coaster. Um, and, and God speaks to me in really weird ways. One of them is like movie scenes or like videos I've seen before. And so when I was asked this week, or when I was asked to preach this week, um, this, this movie scene specifically stuck in my head. And uh, raise your hand if you've seen the movie Tommy Boy. And if you haven't seen Tommy Boy, um, it is on Netflix currently, so go watch it. 
it is a top five movie. Um, but specifically, the scene I'm thinking of is uh, Tommy and Richard have just started their sales journey. Um, and he's in, he's in the meeting where the guy's got all the toy cars across his table. And specifically, the first thing my brain thought of was, um, for those of you guys that don't see it, I'll just go ahead and uh, do the whole scene for you. Um, to- Tommy Boy grabs this guy's toy car and he goes, and he goes, now imagine if you got the other guy's brake pads. And he, Casey goes, oh, we're burning alive. And he goes, and he says, oh, here comes the meat wagon. Wee woo, wee woo, wee woo. And the new guy's in the corner puking his guts out. All because you wanted to save a little bit of time on some brake pads. Um, but it sounds crazy. And that's the way my brain works. Because the first thing I thought of was, Oh, because, you know, we wanted to hang out a little bit and, and not go to group on a, on a weekday. And it sounds really aggressive, but um, obviously my brain's wild, and I don't even know what's going on here half the time. And uh, after, after about, um, about three weeks of living together, Kelsey also has no idea what's going on in my brain. So um, I've learned that in life, when something important is happening, you can catch it multiple times. Um, and specifically, that's how it is in the Bible. When God's trying to speak something important to you, um, he'll not bring one verse to mind, but he'll bring three or four to mind to really nail into your head that, hey, this is kind of important. And if you guys, God doesn't speak to you that way, maybe I'm just an idiot and don't get it the first time. So uh, I wanted to read a couple of verses here on why it's important that we don't live life alone. Uh, Genesis 2.18 says, it's not good for man to be alone. He literally says it's not good for us to be alone. I will make a helper who is just right for him. Acts 2.42 says, all believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teachings and to fellowship and to sharing of meals, including the Lord's Supper, and to prayer. Proverbs 27.17 says, as iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. If, if these three verses don't ring it in for you enough, Jesus, one of the first things he did was make sure he didn't live life alone. He went out and he found his disciples and he found his people that he was gonna live his three years of ministry with. That's the first thing he did. And so if it doesn't show you enough that life's important that we don't live it alone, literally Jesus went and grabbed people to live life with him. Um, and this is, this is really what I wanna land on here. I have a couple more verses. In Romans twelve five. it says, so in Christ, though many form one body, and each member belongs to another. You cannot be a part of the body of Christ unless you are actively engaging with the other parts of the body. And, th- and that's what we're seeing in the church today um, is, is a giant separation of, the giant separation of, of people interacting with each other. We, we walk around and we do this life and we decide Oh, I'll just I'll just do me and I'll, I'll make it work until I retire and and then I'll I'll find a retirement home and do whatever I want to do at that point. But we're missing a key point, which is the interaction with each other. Uh, my my hands can't do anything unless my brain tells it what to do. And if my f- right foot and my left foot are not in sync, I'm not going to go in the same direction. Hebrews ten twenty five. And let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. 
I said this already, but I mean, it's obviously really clear with this last weekend, the world is more divided than ever. And inside of that, even more so, the church is more divided than ever. We have, we have, uh... and it breaks my heart because Pastor Danny said it so perfectly this morning that we, we celebrate on the front end, but not willing to raise our voice up at the end and not willing to put our foot down on the, on the convictions that we so-called have. Um, and that's really what, it's, it's really what I want to land on is that it's harder for us to live on our convictions if we're not living life with the people that share the same. That's at the end of the day, it's harder for me to stand up and say, I don't agree with this. I don't agree with what's going on. And then I look behind me. Oh, nice. The band's coming on right as I say this. But the, pretend no one's behind me. And I go, I go, I'm all alone. I don't have anyone to, to fight with me. I don't have anyone to stand with me. Because at the end of the day, it's, it's better to stand on ground with friends and with family than it is to stand alone. Matthew 28, 19 says, Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. This is what we're meant to do. And everything else, this, at the end of the day, this is what we were designed to do. We were designed to live life together, to stand together, and to be united in Christ. So I'm gonna, let the, I'm gonna let the word preach itself. I want you guys to take those messages, those verses this week and pray about them. And, and we've heard seven other amazing preachers today, amazing teachers that have given a lot of scripture about the same topic, which is community. And it would be a shame if we took that today and did nothing with it. And so I'm gonna pray. We're gonna go back into worship. So if you guys don't wanna stand to your feet. God, I thank you so much for who you are. God, I thank you that when you speak a word, it is true to the, to the deepest roots of who we are, God. That when you speak a word, God, nothing changes, God. When you speak a word, God, that truth, that says the truth will set you free. God, and your word is the truth and the truth alone. So God, right now, I pray for the church, God. I pray for every single one of us, God, that, that at the end of the day, we wouldn't sit here and just live life on a, on a mundane rotation. God, but we will find people to live it with. God, because God knows when I, when I look back behind me in 30 years, I'm going to be much happier knowing the people that came with me rather than the people I left behind. God, and I pray right now that every single person in this room, God, whether it be one, two, three people, God, that we will find a person to tag ourselves along with, God, that in troubles and in hardships and when things come by, God, we don't just cower and hide, but we stand true on the word of God, which says you are my son with who I am well pleased, that at the end of the day, we can live on our convictions, knowing that we are not alone, God, but we are with you and you alone. So this morning, let's worship. Thank you so much for listening today. And we want to give a special thank you to those that give so generously to My City Church. We wouldn't be able to do this without you. If you would like to give today, please hit the link in the description or go to our website at mycitychurch.cc forward slash give. And if you enjoyed today's podcast, please hit the subscribe button and share it on all of your social media. We love you so much. We'll see you next week. God bless.